Alright, welcome to our copy with Alan Time today. I'm here at my office, <laughs> my my coffee shop, Mazevo, here in Four Corners. Um, and, if, and if anyone ever, if you ever want to uh, go to coffee with me sometime, I'll bring you here. <laughs> we can hang out and have some coffee and, and have a conversation about Jesus, the Bible. And, uh, and so I'm going to be changing things up a little bit more in our format um, with our with Coffee with Alan. I think they'd kind of been coming becoming a little bit more of a, a sermon that I was almost like another sermon I was preparing during the week. And so I'm going to go back to the, the way that it had originally been uh, in the very beginning um, and being a lot just a lot more um, conversative, uh, con- you know, more conversing and, and, and talking. And it's more like my like my, my thoughts around a certain topic um, as we get started or just kind of what, what I've been thinking about. So even, you know, it'll be a little more, more raw and uh, as, I, I'm, as I'm working to process through through some of these things, um, you're going to see how, how, how my brain works. So, <laughs> um, so, this, so today I wanted to use this as an opportunity to talk about um, this concept, the concept of resurrection. Um, centering in on the word victory, uh, and I, I've had this—I don't know—just thinking about that word victory and victor and uh, what what that means. Because um, I mean, you know, here here in Christianity, a lot you know more 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 these days um, you know, than than normal, or than I had you know in, in years past, and just that concept of of victory and how. You know, wrapped around specifically the resurrection itself, and um, and thinking about what do we mean when we mean victory? Um, looking it up, so the word victory in Greek is Nike. <coughs> kind of interesting. Uh, good branding for Nike, right? Athletics um, apparel company, uh, and their logo means victory. Um, probably you know maybe that, that that check mark. I wonder if that's actually a fancy V instead of a, not a check mark, but it's a, actually a V <laughs> for victory. Um, but winning the victory, being a victor, being victorious, and all throughout Scripture we we read um, how Jesus Christ has won the victory. That Jesus is the victor. That Jesus has been victorious over sin, death, the grave, um, sin and evil and, and Satan and that's the great promise of revelation right is that Jesus will one day win the the ultimate victory over sin and death and the grave and um, that he that we will be with him um, in his kingdom and so I, I had this whenever I think about this you know concept of victory in in our faith you know it's not necessarily about you know winning victories and I got a victory in my faith here and I got a victory in my faith there it's it's you know it's about Jesus Christ winning the victory over sin, death, the grave, and I have this imagery uh, of um, I'll, I'll see if I can use a picture here, but uh, you know think about things like the Roman Empire, right? So think about you know the Roman Empire where they that when they were victorious over a land they'd they'd parade through the streets in, in with with the you know the chariots usually, um, and then. Uh, 
you know, like, you know, for instance, World War One. this is actually World War One. you know, they were parading through all the armies and military through the streets of New York and different cities, you know, found pictures from, you know, things from New York and, and Nashville and L.A. and and all the troops coming home. And, you know, when they come, you know, this is the victory in, in uh, Japan when Japan surrendered at the end of World War Two. Right. They were celebrating and and you know these things <laughs> and even even too like so i uh, lived in seattle um for the one year when the seahawks won the super bowl literally the city sh- shut down there were millions of people lining the street in seattle it was nuts um the video that they were showing and just everything that was going on just for those few hours um and what were they doing you know they were celebrating victory the victory that someone else won you know thinking about that how when you know like for instance like uh like a battle a world a war or or the you know a video or a game you know they're parading the victors the ones who did the work the ones who strove and who won the battle who won the war um and 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 conquered the enemy conquered the rival conquered the opponent and they're parading them through the streets and they're celebrating them. Yes, they're like, you know, way to go. Um, and, you know, even in the concept of Rome, they were worshiping this victor that they were parading through the streets or you know, waving branches and things. Um, in, in essence, kind of worshiping, you know, to, in some sense of the word. But also a big, big part of it, you know, think about World War Two and and. Uh, and uh, and the Seahawks, They're, they weren't necessarily worshiping them; they were honoring them, honoring those who had fought the battle, honoring those who had had won, had had done the work, and 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 and, uh, and it culminated in a victorious outcome. And not only were they celebrating the victors, but they were also celebrating what it gave them what it gave them as, as those who were celebrating, those in the crowd. You know, what were the people in the crowd celebrating? That they were participating in the freedom that that victor had accomplished on their behalf. You know, in, you know, for instance, the World War II, they were celebrating the victory um, that, the, that, that the American troops had won for American freedom. Um, and they were parading them and celebrating with them that freedom, celebrating um, that the the Allies' way of life furthered. Um, you know, think, there was a there's a, a movie on on uh, I believe Amazon uh, called The Man in the High Tower. I believe it's called, but it's basically a, a TV show all about what if the Allies had lost World War Two. It's interesting to see how they how you know the Western United States was, belongs to Japan, so the Japan rules over them over them with an, you know, the they send the emperor over every once in a while, and and then the East Coast all the way up to the Rocky Mountains is um, is German, is Nazi Nazi Germany, um, and <laughs> now the culture over there and the culture on the West Coast, but then the Rockies where we are, you know here in Montana. Uh, is, is the neutral zone, so no one owns that land. It's it just belongs to no one except for the the. It's just kind of a no man's land, um, no government, no no nothing no, you know support anything. People are on their own. But uh, this is just an interesting dynamic to see what World War Two would have looked like if the Allies had lost the world. You know World War Two. Um, but so thinking about like you know in the midst of World War Two, these pictures 
where they're bringing these troops home and they're celebrating their victory. They're celebrating what these troops have given them. You know, I think, you know, think about like when I, when I talk about, you know, when Baylor wins this, you know, this, this game or that game. And like, I got to, to celebrate that Baylor had won the sugar bowl and now they're ranked number five in the nation, um, on the AP polls. But it's so celebrating because I, you know, I went to Baylor and I went to Truett Seminary at Baylor and all my family had, you know, most of my family had gone to Baylor. Uh, both my grandparents is where they met and my aunt and uncle and, uh, just, and a bunch of family members had gone to Baylor and, uh, and celebrating their victory. Well, what did it give me? Well, you know, it gave me, because I'm rooting for them, you know, it gave me this celebration that, yay, my school, you know, those who are representing my school, my, my alma mater, um, won this great victory. Uh, and so that makes me a, not one that accomplished the victory, but a victor with them. Um, that I am a Baylor fan and I am celebrating with my Baylor, my Baylor family, right? Um, like we were celebrating at the end of World War II or at the end of um, the Revolutionary War uh, where we accomplished victory and freedom. And, and thinking about, about Jesus Christ as the victor. Um, and how he has won the victory over sin and death that we've been talking about. And so we worship him. We celebrate him. We celebrate his victory. And this is what we do every Sunday. We get to, you know, the, you know Sunday morning has been known as kind of these mini Easter's, right? Where we get to celebrate Jesus Christ's resurrection and that the cross, the, you know, the death of Jesus Christ accomplished our the forgiveness of our sins. You know, there's no, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. It washed us clean of our sin, all of our sin. And his resurrection then was the culmination of his crucifixion. He wasn't just a martyr that died for what he believed in. He died and rose again. He accomplished the victory over sin and death by his resurrection. Um, he, he disarmed the rulers and the powers and the authorities uh, in the unseen realm. Uh, that uh, you know, it says in First uh, Corinthians. I've been I've been resting in in First uh, Corinthians fifteen. Um, it said, "Listen, I am telling you a mystery. You will not. We will not all fall asleep, uh, but we will all f- all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound." And the dead will be raised incorruptible and will be changed. For this corrupted, corruptible body will be clothed with incorruptibility. And this mortal body must be clothed with immortality. When this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory? Where death is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing just to see... 
this reality that that we live in the resurrection. I, I wrote down in my journal here this morning. I'll share a little bit about this. Um, that you know, what, the beauty of the cross and the resurrection is only found because of the resurrection. Because, like I said, without the without the resurrection, the cross is just a, a martyr dying for a cause, right? Um, but because of his resurrection, the the cross, the crucifixion, takes on new glory, takes on new beauty, because it didn't just accomplish something for Jesus; it accomplished God's will for the entire world, for all those who would believe and and call upon His name. Um, Said so, you know, the nails of your cross crucified me with you. I was buried with you, sealed up in the tomb, wallowing among the dead. I, my old self died that day with you but God raised you to life you are alive and I am alive I am dead but I am alive and what, what do I mean by I am dead my old self the, as the Bible calls the the old man uh, the old ways the old the old nature that was by you know by nature we were children of wrath it says you know we were by nature broken dead dead in our dead in our trespasses and sins uh, it says in Ephesians 2 um, but but God rich in mercy which which he loved us and you know because when while we were dead in our trespasses and sins he made us alive and seated us in the heavenly places he seated us with him in the heavenly realms and that is what is what I mean you know I am dead I am dead. I died. My old self, my, my sinful nature, everything that was that was broken, corrupted about me is dead today. And now I am alive because you are alive, Jesus. I am alive um, because you ro- rose from the dead. I will rise, but I am walking in the newness of life. You know, as it says in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. We'll go there in just a second if it's singing, as soon as I can get there. Romans chapter 6. You know, it says, um, what, should I say, what should we say then? Should we continue to sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in the newness of life. Not just having this this hope of a one-day resurrection. Um, you know, as, as Martha, Mary, I think Mary said, you know, in, in John um, said that, you know, yes, I believe that we will one day ra- you know, be raised in the, re- the resurrection one day. Um, I mean, it even says later on, um, I can see it. Uh, like it says, you know, even the next sentence, for if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Uh, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin since a person who has, person who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all time. 
but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And that's what he's saying, is that it's not just that we believe that we will one day rise from the dead, but that we are walking in the newness of life. We are walking in a resurrection life now, here, today. And uh, kind of, you know, kind of share some thoughts that I had this morning, too. You know, resurrection, uh, victory, um, you know, King, King Jesus, you know, King Yeshua has uh, has conquered he won the battle and we are free because of his victory we are free today completely 100 percent. we are freed from sin like i said you know you must consider yourself dead to sin you know we are no longer enslaved to sin since a person who has died is freed from sin now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We believe that we will live with him. Galatians 6, walk by the spirit and you will not satisfy, gratify the desires of the, the flesh, the sarks, the natural realm, right? And then the very next sentence in, in verse 12 even says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires uh, and do not offer any parts of your body to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. Uh, but those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God as all and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness for sin will not rule over you because you are not under not under law but under grace now can we still let wrong thing you know the, you know, the word you know hamartias you know sin rule in our bodies well we can allow it to because it's 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 all around us you know it is the the way that the world thinks it's it's that would it's that way that governs this natural realm it is you know sarks and, and flesh is is more about the realm around us the um the the physical realm the the natural world um and and uh, the way in which the world lives and and, and it's like i said in in, chap- in ephesians chapter two let's go there real quick Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now at work in the disobedient. That's sin, right? You 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 were dead in your trespasses and sins. We've been now freed from our sins by what? The victory of Jesus Christ. And we've been seated with him, as it says, as it continues, we too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also seated us with him, uh, raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. So that in, the, in the coming ages, he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared ahead of time for us to do. So, 
What is our, what, how, how then therefore shall we live? As I said, the next verse. So then remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcised by those called the uncircumcised, by those called circumcised. Um, they say Gentiles, you know, we were called circum, uncircumcised, the dirty, you know, cast off, cut off from Jewish people, um, uh, which is done by human hands. At that time you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise without hope and without God and the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh he made uh, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself one new man. So he's talking about union here and unity. Uh, between the two people, the two factions, and so he'll, he'll continue more more onto that. But the hope of this is that we have been brought near; we have been made alive in Jesus Christ, and brought up. And you know what to say? He said, um, "You were dead, and he raised us up with him." So we were resurrected with Jesus, resurrected with Christ, and seated with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. So not only were we forgiven of our sins, washed clean by the blood of Christ on, on the cross, but now the hope of this is that we live a new life. We're raised to walk in a new life, a new trajectory, a new way of thinking, a new existence filled with God's Holy Spirit. And, and, and the key thing is that we are no longer dead. The Bible does not consider us sinners any longer. We are saints. Hagiadza, Hagiu. That word that, that is used to describe us as believers. You know, like, like it's, you know, say this, this is kind of my soapbox, you know, like that we are not called Christians in the Bible. The Romans called us Christians. And he even says, you know, in this, in this city, you know, they were first called Christians. And then Peter even later will say, you know, when you suffer as a Christian, let it on up. But the, the Bible, the, the apostles don't call us Christians. They call us saints. They call you and me saints. Hagiazo, which comes from Hagios, which is holy. We are God's holy ones. That is our identity. That is who we are because of the victory of Christ, because of the, the victory that Christ has won over sin, death, you know, over our trespasses and sins, over the the ways of this world, over the rulers, the ruler of, of the power of the air, the spirit now at work in the disobedient. Jesus Christ has won the victory over all of these things, over Lucifer himself. Jesus is victorious. Jesus is the great victor over all things, death, shame, sin, the grave. Um, he conquered he conquered out there, you know, in the world, and he conquered, you know, um, in you know, he conquered the sin and the sinner part in my body, in me. I am dead and I am alive. My old self is dead and now I truly live. The life that I now live in the the flesh, in the physical realm, I, I no longer live unto myself, but unto the glory of God, the one who won the victory, who conquered sin and death. Um, and so the life that I live, like I said, in the flesh, this world, this realm, I live for God, in God, and with God, and to God, 
For to him is all things. He deserves all the glory. And we get to enjoy life and eternity in his glory today. So what does that mean? Does that mean that we don't mourn? Does it mean that we don't have anxieties and worries and things? Does it mean that we don't have pain and, and sorrow and grief? No, it means we, we experience all these things and we need to experience them. And here, here's the thing. It's not that we're only always happy and joyful. That we need to experience these deeper emotions. And this is something for like a personality like mine. Um, someone, someone who's always trying, trying to be happy and, and everything in, in a way to avoid pain. And, and, there's, and there's ways that in which there are times that I'm still wrestling with and, and learning how to um, feel the deeper emotions uh, versus just trying to, you know, um, kind of you know, see things through rose-colored glasses, right? Kind of sugarcoat things so that they don't hurt uh, when bad things happen. Just like this bad thing happened. Well, at least this, you know, kind of the Pollyanna deal. Like, you know, well, this could hurt, but because I've, I've padded it with these sh- with the sugar coating, I don't have I don't have to feel it as much. I don't have to feel it as deeply. And maybe like under a fear, and maybe this is you listening to this as well. Like, you know. Uh, uh, in a fear that if I if I open myself to feel something bad, feel something hard, feel something deep, that I'll never come out of it. That I'll just that I will just go to that place and just stay there, and maybe stay there too long. And maybe that's been an experience in your life. Maybe you've had those times where you are in this this you spiraled into depression and you and you're there. You just sit there and stay there. But pain and, and grief, you know, mourning. Um, this you know, worry and, and burden, heaviness, sorrow, and all and the things that are like this, you know, are not where God desires us to live and to stay. We ought to feel these things, you know, and, and share these feelings with others. You know, and, and when people are you know, like the Bible even says, mourn with those who mourn, grieve with those who grieve, celebrate with those who celebrate, feel joy and happiness with those who feel joy and happiness. You know, we need, we need to feel these deeper and, and, you know, both, both emotions, you know, great, you know, ex, ex, you know great happiness and, and great celebration, great sorrow and pain, but only insofar as we are brought to joy, comfort, peace, you know, shalom. And I don't use this word, tranquility, contentment. And I, I use tranquility in that sense to, to describe something that is you sit and you just breathe and you feel that peace. You feel that tranquility, that, that contentment and comfort in, in God and where you are in life and where God has you. Um, and this is, this is the, the encouragement that we don't and we ought not to wallow in this darkness, you know, nor should we, you know, flee from it, um, like as 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 though we're not willing to feel and experience it, you know, experience it all, you know, that we might feel, you know, feel it. We need to feel it better, more effectively. The you know the weight of the darkness when we do things, when we you know, like when we there are times when we give ourselves over to to walk in, in our in, in the flesh around us in, in the stinking thinking our old tapes like when we slip back into that that stinking thinking and we start walking in these in these things and doing certain things that we know are dumb 
that we know don't bring life, but that we know on the out, on you know, on the long in the long run don't bring us life and joy. Um, they are against God's ways. They are against God's opinion, you know, worldview. You know, we are, they are sin. They are dumb. Again, you are not defined by these things that you do, as, as though like when you do them, you are a sinner. You, when you do them, you are doing them as a holy person, and that is not who you are. Jesus Christ has won the victory, so now, so now we need to, to, so when we do something stupid, we need to lean into the victory that Jesus Christ has won for us over that sin, and not walk in that anymore. You know that word repent. You know that word metanoia. Change your mind. Change your thinking. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. And turn from the stinking thinking and back to who you are in Christ. Um, and so, you know, and so, when when I mean, so I feel like I'm kind of going into, you know, kind of paralleling two different things right now, like the the sin, but also then, you know, evil around us and and mourning for for things that happen in this world and and our lives or the lives around us. We mourn for people when they do something dumb, when they do something that hurts us. Uh, when we see the world around us and we see the darkness and the brokenness, we mourn for the world and we feel the sorrow. But it is so easy, right, to, to feel these things so strongly because of the state of, the, of things all around us. You know, inflation and politics and gas prices and, um, and, and, and that, that virus which shall not be named and people freaking out about it and different you know, people coming down with it and, and suffering from it. Uh, people losing their taste. I just had a conversation, you know, just posted something last night on someone's Facebook because they're asking how people were able to get their smell back. And I was sharing how my experience with getting my smell back. Um, but you know, these things like, you know, I'm not able to taste food. Ah, this sucks. This is, this is, I'm mourning. I'm in pain. I'm in, I'm in agony. Uh, I'm in, I'm in, you know, uh, grief over these things. This heaviness, this burden, it's a, it's a burden to not be, you know, when you can't, when you can't taste anything and celebrate. Uh, right, you know, there was a friend, you know, over thanks over Christmas, you know, their family, you know, cooks this 20 pound prime rib and he was barely able to taste any of it. Uh, such, you know, that's, that, that's a bummer, you know, but so in these times in this, in our lives, we will face difficulty. Um, you know, like Jesus even said in this, in this world, you will, you will, you will experience hardships. You will experience trial and suffering, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have victory over these these sufferings. And so do we do we feel these things? Yes. Do we need to feel them? Yes. Why? In so much as we are able to be brought back to joy, brought back to comfort. Um, so experience them, feel them. Um, so that we can feel the jubilation and restoration and comfort of walking back into life, into walking back into the light and the things of the light. So when we, when we sin, when we, when we do something stupid, we, we grieve it because so that we can remember that it's bad. So we can remember that it's not a part of who we are. And so we, and we feel it in so much as we can remember and, and, and remember and feel then the jubilation and the restoration and comfort of walking back into the light and into the and walking back into the things of the light this is living in 
the resurrection. Not that we always ha- you know, do good all the time and, and that we're always good, you know, just in this good state of, of joy and tranquility all the time. You know, nor are things always bad all the time. You know, but that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called out of darkness in fulfillment of his great kingdom purpose and mission, his desire and will, um, his plans and his strategies and his you know, strategy. Um, and it's interesting that word purposes. I was I was looking at doing a research on it. It's really interesting. I mean, I still have not wrapped my my full brain around around what it means. But just just feel this. That word purposes in the Bible, in, in the Greek, also means is the is the Greek is the Hebrew equivalent for the showbread that they offered and they they presented before the Lord God and they they made these twelve loaves, twelve flatbreads. And, and they would sit and they would they would re- remake them every Sabbath and they would sit in the temple in front of the presence of the Lord. It's called the showbread because it represented the 12 tribes of Israel being present before the Lord. You know, we are made, redeemed, called, justified, glorified to be present before the Lord. You know, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit and, 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 and you know, prayer itself is being present to present ourselves to uh, or and before the presence of the Lord um, who is present to present himself to us, his holy ones. Um, that is what it means to be called according to his purposes. That is what it means to, to live in and walk in this, this joy, walk in tranquility, walk in peace, shalom, comfort, contentment, that is the ultimate state of mind, state of spirit, state of soul that we are being called to, to rest back into, to lean back into. That is what it means to live a new life, a resurrection life. Because living that kind of life is, is, giving, is a life that is full of hope. Because we can always have hope. We can always have joy, no matter how bad the circumstances in life get, no matter how stressful or straining, no matter how much pain is we have caused ourselves or others have caused us, no matter how much pain the world around us and stress and, and anxiety the world around us is causing, when we live a resurrection life in the victory of, that Jesus has accomplished on our behalf, we get to A, worship him, get to be celebrate him and celebrate this this victory but we get to walk in the reality of what it caused freedom freedom from sin freedom from this world freedom from worry freedom from anxiety freedom from drunkenness freedom from addictions freedom from garbage freedom from pornography freedom from stress freedom from drama freedom from malice Freedom from murder and anger and, and getting caught up in all of the garbage around us. And we get to live a resurrection life. A life that always has hope. A, knowing that we can, that we can feel these, these deep emotions and feel the pain of the world around us. That brings us and, and experience that hope and that, and that experience the, the, the restoration, experiencing the walk back to the light, experiencing that peace, experiencing 
again, going back to that word, tranquility. That there's not a worry in the world because we are with God. We are with Christ. And this is a great power of prayer. Being able to experience this, this reality of, of being in his presence, of, of uh, just sitting with Jesus in his presence, in our spirit. You can, you, do you know that you can do that? You can sit in the, just sit, sit, like right now, just sit. Close your eyes and just let yourself experience being in his presence. Say, Jesus, I want to be in your presence. Draw me close. I'm drawing close to you. You've said that when I draw close to you, that you will draw close to me. Draw me close, Lord Jesus. I want to be in your presence and, and to experience you. And then just sit in silence. And remember who you are. Remember who he is. And that's whose you are. That's who you are. And let that let that, that word encourage you. As I said, and we are seated with we're made alive in Jesus Christ and seated with him. We were also raised with him and seated with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. And so that means that we can just spend time with him anytime we want. You can be blissed out on the Holy Spirit while you're waiting for your coffee. Just sit and be in his presence to sense that tranquility, that restoration of your of your of your body, the restoration of your of your soul, the restoration of your spirit. Engage with God in your spirit. Um, this is what it means to walk by the Holy Spirit. Walk, walk by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit, because you are you as a believer, as a as a saint, right, are filled with His Holy Spirit, so that you can walk a victorious resurrection life so that you can walk a new life and then walk in the newness of life hmm. hope this encouraged you guys today um again if you, if you want to talk and have more more of a conversation about this i'd love to to bring you here to mazevo or somewhere in, in belgrade uh if you if you, if you need to be a local that's fine i'd love to take you out for a coffee or, or a meal or something like that I'd just love to sit down with you and talk talk more about how do we walk in this resurrection victorious victorious resurrection life um hope this has encouraged you guys um love you guys we'll see you next time <laughs>